Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Spotlight Conversations, where we have conversations with musicians and poets, you know, and just get a little background on them and find out what they're doing and and how their artistry is relevant to our culture today. So today I'm very blessed to have with me a young man. I'm not going to say where he's from. I'll let him tell you that. But a young man on the saxophone who is definitely, you know, just dynamic. He's one of the young lions in jazz today. Uh, he puts you in the mind. His, his spirituality puts you in the mind of the stuff that Coltrane and our late just recently passed uh, Pharaoh Sanders. So his music is just, it's just wonderful. It's mesmerizing. It's spiritual. It's all of those things. And, you know, it's just a blessing that I get a chance to have a conversation with him right now. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Linda Sikakane to Spotlight Conversations. Welcome. Yes, sir. Thank you so All much. Right. It's, a, All it's right. an honor to be here. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that. It's my honor to have you, um, especially I'm telling you after listening to your your music, it just it just did something to me. And I had to wow. catch up with you and, and have you on the program. So welcome again. Um, yep. And I have my coffee, and I know you have yours. You know, well, it's, what, 10 o'clock in the it's morning. Sad. That's right. That's right. It's, it's after 10 <laughs> o'clock in the morning here. But tell us yeah. tell us where you're from and, and where you're located at right now. And tell us a little bit about your early... Um, musical influences? Yeah, so I'm from um, KwaZulu-Natal here in South Africa, um, um, which is the state which um, which is called KwaZulu. Of course, in the histories of South Africa, one would know that the Zulu people um, are the people that were led by the late king Shaga Zulu. So I come from that particular province. I was born in a township called Umlazi Township, and uh, currently I'm based in Johannesburg. And my influences in music, I'd like to think that um, they stem from where I come from, Guazulu-Natal, of which I think is a very musical um, place, you know. But um, when I was in primary school, I attended music lessons, and then in Umlazi Township, I joined a center called the Music, uh, the Siakula Music Center, which is led by the late Dr. Brian Susi, who actually started a center for the community. And then I later went uh, to study music at the University of KwaZulu Natal. Then I moved up to Joburg. I went to study at the New School in 2017 in New York. Now I'm currently doing my master's at the Norwegian Academy of Music. Oh. Wow, so it just that education, excuse me. Mm. Yeah. Oh boy. I am so sorry about that. Um but what I was what I was getting ready to say was that the education, man, that's that's just so important. And and what do you think is the importance of learning not only your craft but the history of music in general, but jazz in particular? Why is it so important? I think it's 
I, I think it's very important because, um, well, for us to know where we are going, we need to know where we come from. So just that is very important. And I mean, with my uh, upbringing, this master-disciple uh, relationship has been very uh, central in our teachings. So I guess it's always important to, like, you know, get knowledge from the ones before us. So that part of education is very important for us to really, like, dig deep into our history so that we can know ourselves and just get a better sense of what the future may be with this particular understanding of of our history. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is there anyone else in your in your family that's musically inclined or or poetically inclined for that family? Well, my younger brother is a is a trumpeter, but um, I guess I was the first to actually study music or play a musical instrument. But of course, as I said, that I, I I'd like to think that I come from a very musical family because. Most of my family members are singers. They are traditional singers. Mm, okay. Um, so is there anyone in particular, musician, that you, from the past or the present, that you would like to perform with or would like to have performed with? Whoa, many. <laughs> just name, I mean, just name a couple. Know, okay. Well, I... I Maybe not to perform with him, but I would have loved to to meet uh, the great master Pharaoh Sanders. Even you know, just to shake his hand because um, I think he holds a, an important role in the music industry, and I'm very attracted to what he does, to what he did. You know, but um, with musicians that are still around, well, I've gotten an, an opportunity to play with the. Great Dituzo uh, Makatini, who's a South African pianist, and I think through him, because he, you know, he's very, um, you know, he's very connected to the musics of, you know, the great John Coltrane, Pharaoh Sanders. You know, he 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 comes from that very same lineage. So through him, somehow I'm able to sort of like tap into the future. So I've been very blessed to be a part of some of his bands. Mm. Um, I know you um, you won an award or scholarship um, in musical jazz. Explain what that what that scholarship was about. Okay, um, so in South Africa, they used to um, have this competition that was annually, where you would be given an opportunity to go and um, further your studies abroad. And in 2016, I was awarded that summer overseas scholarship. And um, I took those funds to sort of like help part part of my tuition at the new school uh, university in New York. Oh, okay. So um, is there any possible, well, I know you're in South Africa now. Do you plan on coming back to the United States, Um, you know, even for touring purposes, anything in the future? Oh, yes. Most definitely. I mean, the United States is my second home. And this year I had the pleasure of, you know, um, visiting the U.S. twice. I was there in April with uh, Mr. Nduduzo Makatini playing at Dizzy's. And I was also back in July and August. Uh, I played at the Karamo Festival, 
with my own band and at Dizzy's as well in New York. Oh, Dizzy's Coca-Cola Club. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen Yeah. a few people there. And, you know, it's funny. Um, Philadelphia and New York is only a couple hours away. And I've just recently started going back and forth to New York. Because a lot of my friends in New York say, you haven't been to New York? What are you waiting for? It's right down the, you know, it's right down the highway. Come on, man. So, but Dizzy's was a place that I visited, and it was, it, it was dynamic. It was, it really was. I had a really good time there. Um, so, the name of my program is Spotlight on Jazz and Poetry. Okay, um, where I feature jazz musicians and poets, and sometimes I, you know, infuse their music and poetry together. A lot of times, I can. When I'm listening to jazz, I can hear poetry and vice versa. I'm listening to poetry, I can hear jazz, especially with their cadence and the improvisation and everything. What do you think the relationship is between jazz and poetry? Well, I think um, what 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 comes to my mind is storytelling because, you know, I guess it's a form of storytelling in a way, whether it's uh, through sonics and or through words but it's all storytelling so that's the relation that i see between uh, poetry and music now you're a younger uh, uh musician um most well i know over here a lot of younger people over here you know they like the hip-hop and 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 you know some of the r&b and stuff like that rap and that's i'm with it i'm with it but a lot of times they don't, they can't see the correlation between the two. So I get a lot of pleasure out of comparing jazz and poetry and as well as hip hop to let them see that, hey, this is all, you know, art and it all comes from the same place, which is us. Okay. That's where the stuff comes yes. from. Other people yeah. are allowed to play it, but they can't claim it. You know what I mean? Mm. This is ours. Um, so, um, do you find a lot of in your in your home right now? Are there a lot of younger players getting into jazz? Yeah, quite a lot. Um, quite a lot, and I think even in the histories of this music, if you look at how young Miles Davis was, you know, when he was an innovator in this art form. I guess, um, you, you know, young people have always been in the forefront of, of this music. And I think because, I guess every young people are driven by something deeper in themselves to sort of like express. Mm -hmm. So I, I've, never, I've, I've never thought of this particular genre as a genre for old people and hip hop, maybe for young people. But I guess it's how somehow media is able to sort of like distort how you know how like all these relationships between you know the age groups and the genres but i'd like to think that you know young people are driven by the same thing because we live in the same times so we are we are exposed to you know the same things in the external world and i guess we just have a different way of expressing ourselves through music it could be through any genre Mm. Mm, I 
like that. Um, but I know with my children, they're in their thirties now. I do have a daughter that's that's forty. Ooh, I'm getting old. Um, wow. <laughs> but my youngest, yeah, you is, my, young, <laughs> my youngest is getting, my youngest is twenty six. But you know, I expose them to a lot uh, of this music. Now I'm, you know, I listen to all kinds of music. But I expose them to a lot of jazz. And as they get older, I see that they're they're starting to say, you know what, jazz. And a lot of a lot of rap music, a lot of um, artists um sample a lot of jazz in their music. So I guess that's another way of showing their respect for yeah. jazz. Because back in the day, jazz music used to be dance music. That used to be the music that everybody danced to. But over the years, it's changed and, and, you know, with the different styles of jazz or whatever. You also, um, or you may have started out playing classical music. Is that right? At some point, yes. When I, um, well, I guess, well, they say learning music formally. When I started learning music formally, I, I, I played classical music, yes. What did you enjoy about it, and what's the? Why did you eventually move over to the jazz side? Well, I guess with the jazz side, I I, I was just fascinated by, you know, that improvisation part of it, and I just felt that, you know, improvisation gave me a sense of freedom, and I've that that's what I've been searching for in playing music. So jazz was, was a, uh, you know. So jazz was a thing that could help me like find a sense of freedom. Mm. I hope you in the beginning didn't mind uh, me saying that your music reminded me a lot of Coltrane and Pharaoh Sanders, and you just mentioned that he was it's one. It's an of honor. Yeah, that's it's really know, an honor. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm so serious about that, yeah. and a lot of people when they hear your uh, music, they'll understand where I'm coming from. You know, very spiritual, very spiritual stuff. And, and even um, a couple of videos that I've seen um, of you performing with your band, you could just... See, that's what I like about jazz, is that everyone interplays off of each other. And it's almost like you and I right now, we're having a conversation. That's what yeah. that reminds me of. And that's a that's something that you can't, you don't find. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. it's like you said, the improvisation, but I just love seeing that. Um, so you like performing as opposed to studio stuff. You like performing live and what's the difference? Um, I guess the difference is that in studio, one puts together a certain concept, you know, like a certain presentation as to how do we want to present this work. For instance, you know, on my three albums, I have themes, Two Sides, One Mirror, which is a debut album, and Open Dialogue, which is the second album, and Isambulo, which means Revelation, which is a third album. So just around those themes in studio, one tries by all means to sort of like package something that would um, that would represent that particular theme or the underlying narrative. But of course, with, with a 
big sense of freedom. And one needs to take into consideration that for an album, maybe a song shouldn't be that long so that, you know, the, the person that is listening is able to move on to other songs and stuff. But for a performance, of course, I guess, I guess it's just a thing of thinking about presentation. You are presenting to a live audience that can react whilst this music is being created. And for an album, you are presenting something that is already created so that person can only react to what is already created rather than in live performances we are creating together somehow. So I guess for me, that's that's the difference. But somehow they are closely related because, of course, um, we think about the underlying narrative and what are we trying to achieve with the sounds and how would we like, uh, you know, the audience to perceive the music. Yeah, that that was my that was actually going to be my next question for you was when you go into a live performance, what what is it that you hope that the audience takes away from your performance and on the other side of that, what do you gain from the audience when you're performing? Um, you know, performances coming coming from Africa, uh, I uh, like this idea of a community is very important. You know, because there's a there's a saying in my language which. Well, there's a concept which is Ubuntu, you know, which speaks about how I am because you are, you know, it's like everyone relies to the relies on the next person. So there's this sort of like um communal sense in our, you know, in our existence. So with performances, I'd like to think that when I go on stage, I enter a communal space where I can sort of exchange energies with with my audience. And of course, I spoke about certain concepts or certain messages that my music carries. I would like to sort of like relay those messages to the audience, but also allow the audience to have their own personal experience in the music. Yeah, yeah, I like I like how you put that as far as the communal, um, um, you know, the responsibility um, of community. That's that's so very important. Um, you know, you presenting your gifts to the world, to the audience, and the audience absorbing that and showing appreciation for what you're doing and for supporting what you're doing. I think that's um, that's real good. Um, why did you, I know you're a multi-instrumental. You play other instruments, right? Um, well, I, I play mainly the saxophone and uh, it's, the, it's the tenor and, and soprano saxophone. So I Okay, so you, two. so yeah. it's the sax is your, is your main, uh, um, yeah, your main thing. And, Isambulo is your latest uh, uh, project. And you just said it meant revelation. What yeah. what was it like performing with? Um, I know the the other musicians. Some were from one was from Switzerland. Uh, you had a vocalist yeah. from uh, Austria. 
another yeah. vocalist, uh, Aras. Did I, I hope I said that right? Uh, yeah. From your from home, South Africa. South yes. Africa. What was it like performing with um, with those different musicians from different parts of the world? What was that like for you? Um, you know, it was a great um, experience thinking about the times that we had been through, you know, because Isambulo was recorded just after the pandemic, you know, when um, when things were starting to like free up and stuff. So um, with this with this particular group, I've, I've been trying to, you know, play in Switzerland. And of course, with the restrictions, it took us a year to get together. And after getting together, so it was like a reunion of some sort. And, you know, it was like a new experience after not being able to be with musicians in one room. And, um, you know, it was our first, it was our first opportunity to record something in studio. And I guess with that, I just thought that music would be like a tool for us, sort of like find revelation in the midst, in the midst of what was happening in the world. So of course, with uh, musicians from you know from other parts of the world, for me this was a great collaboration of like a great collabor collaboration for spirits to sort of like you know merge with different backgrounds and trying to you know trying to find one thing which is in the music which is revelation. So it was just a way of trying to collectively um restore ourselves and 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 try and find revelation through music. Mm. What's in, in um in your hometown right now is there um you know things have opened back up um but how is um the um the venues in South Africa how open are they and how much performing are you getting a chance to do? Well, now um, the scene is, is, is like fully open. So there's so much going on, especially in Johannesburg. And I've been, I've been performing a lot um, as a sideman as well, because I enjoy doing that. I'm a sideman as well to other bands. So yeah, the scene is, is pretty open and, and, and people are just, you know, getting together and presenting music. So it's quite exciting. Oh, great, great. Um, yeah. So do you feel yourself personally are, I mentioned the word young lions, and I know you've heard that term before, um, but do you consider yourself one of the better players in South Africa right now? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would like to, I'd, you know, I see myself as a trying musician. I'm forever seeking. So I, 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 I wouldn't, maybe the word better does not even, um, does not even exist in my vocabulary. <laughs> no, understood, understood. But, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just trying my best. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're, you're trying your best is, it sounds really good to me. Um, and even your even your debut album, uh, 
you know, all three, all three of the albums that you have right now, I just, I love them. It's, it's like, it's hard not to. Um, it's some Rulo. I really like, I see your, or I hear your growth from the first LP on up to the third one. And um, like I said, when, during the pandemic, I know you did some virtual stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was great. Also, from what I saw, it it was just explain how that felt to you with the pandemic. How did that How did that affect you and your uh, and your music? Um, I guess I guess it was a huge shift. It actually it actually pushed me into you know thinking even deeper in what I do and just understanding what does it mean for me. Because all these years, you know, one has been, you know, um, used to one formula of going in studio, releasing music, you know, presenting the music on stage with with an audience. But now this this particular time just posed a question as to what is my role in society? And I just felt that, you know, of course there was so much uncertainty losing important people, especially elderly people, you know, which was really bad for us. Mm. But on the bright side of things, I just thought that, you know, um, as an, as a musician, I should be uh, considered a essential worker because now the world needs a lot of healing and one needs to really project healing vibrations through this music. So I just saw, this time as as a huge responsibility for me as a sound man to sort of like really um, project healing vibrations and dig deep into what I do and just find proper meaning in the music so that I can make, so that I can try and make this world a better place. You know, that's, um, you're, you're probably the first musician that I heard put it like that as far as essential workers, because I agree. Um, I agree because Music has healing properties. Yeah. And it, it always has. But during this pandemic, we got a chance to really see how important music and other things are. It makes you delve deeper into, like you said, your purpose for being on earth. You know what I mean? Um, because I was an essential worker too. I worked in, in healthcare. I'm a respiratory therapist by trade. So we were on the front lines um, of the pandemic. And the patients that I had, I was like their family now. Because during that time, a lot of family weren't able to come and give that support. So we were the support. And it it um like like you said, it gives you a sense of why I'm here on earth. You know what I mean? And and that's a beautiful thing. And even though we were seeing so much, yeah. you know, that the average person couldn't really, you know, uh take, but um Music is so, it's just so very important because 
lot of times we would just play music in the patient's rooms, whether it's spirituals, you know, gospel, whether it's R&B, whether it's classical, depending on, um, you know, what they like, whether it was jazz, it was just music and it was healing. And, you know, what you just said, I think that's, that's just um, wonderful. Yes, you all are essential workers for real. You know, uh, y'all provide a, y'all provide, um, you know, a service and a lot of spirituality um, with that. So I commend you, I commend you for that. And that response was just uh, fantastic. Um, Isambulo, you said, means revelation. Revelation, yes. Get into a little bit more of what that album or what that LP meant to you and and the um, other players that were part of it. What does what does it mean? Because it's a lot of it's a lot of words, a lot of song titles that I couldn't pronounce. But yeah. um, you know, what does that entire project mean as far as your, your music goes? Yeah. So. Um... You know, just in the height of the pandemic, I was asked to um, present a concert, an online concert. And of course, it was it, it was one of the first that was curated here in South Africa. And, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I just thought, you know, I was just asking myself, what does this mean? And what am I going to present? And Revelation, came to you know came to my spirit this whole idea of revelation and i just thought that you know whilst everyone is experiencing so much uncertainty how do we try and find positivity in this whole thing and i thought that maybe in this uncertainty that we 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 can find a way of leaning towards a you know a vehicle that would lead us into revelation what can we reveal from this experience so hence i just thought this title would 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 you know would match the work that i'm trying to do and um with this particular project you know i'm 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 just searching for revelation through music and somehow i this project is uh is a vehicle for constant findings you know using 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 history as as a map um but music allows us to sort of like uh head towards you know unknown destinations and of course music becomes a safe space for us because you know through these sonics we are able to tap into history but also try to move forward you know through it so that so that's like the whole idea around the whole album and the song that I open with is titled Inner Freedom Revisited. And with that, and, and with that song, I'm just trying to um, you know, find ways of thinking about freedom. What does freedom mean? And I explore three dimensions of freedom, which is uh, the spiritual dimension, the psychological dimension, and the physical dimension. Thinking about how important it is to have all these three dimensions, you know, intertwined. Because somehow, if we speak about the physical, 
whereas the psychological and the spiritual is distorted, then it collapses the whole idea of freedom. So, you know, I'm thinking about those things. And um, there's a, there's also a song titled Koku Aida, which is a dedication to my late grandmother. And we know how our, you know, parents or elderly people sort of like pass information to us. And through them, we, you know, our elderly people are a portal for us to sort of find learnings so that we are able to move forward. So I'm just thinking about all these concepts of master disciple, what does it mean to be at a certain space? What does it mean to, to um, how does one try to move forward even this, even if there's so much uncertainty? So I'm just thinking about a lot of things. But revelation being the central thing is that how do we find revelation in the midst of what is happening right now? Hmm. Yeah, it's um, and I res- I respect you for that um, because that's what I think is lacking. Um, they used to say when I was when I was a child, um, being raised by the village, being raised by the village. So in other words, in other words, if I was cutting up. And I was doing something that I didn't have any business doing. One of my neighbors would grab me and they would whoop my tail. And then when I got home, my mother or my father would grab me and they would whip my tail. So in other words, people were paying attention and wanted to contribute to your success as a person. You know what I mean? And they want to teach you and want you to learn, like you said, from the elders. A lot of times today, the elders are not paid attention to, Um, which is unfortunate because um, I I like to say, you don't get old being a fool. You just don't. And anytime someone older wants to talk and share some of their knowledge. I want to listen, even today. Um, I want to listen, you know, to what they have to say and and glean from them as much as I can, because it's going to help me as I, you know, get older. You know, it's going to help me in decisions that I might make. You know what I mean? It's all about survival. Yeah. It's all about survival. And you only get one chance to do this. You only get one time to go around Earth. Um, that's it, one time. And it's so important to um, to take advantage and and be productive and and share with people while you're here. Because that's why we. I feel that's why we're here on Earth to. Mm-hmm you know, to share our gifts, no matter what they are, with people and help uplift people, you know? So I really appreciate your your response to that. Um, and inner, inner Freedom was the first song that I heard from, uh, from you. And that made me just go and say, wow, who is this guy? And just go and figure it out. And um, that's that's like one of my favorite songs. 
in a in a free world. It's it's just yeah, you got me with that one. You got me with that one, man. Hey, hey, man, look, it, it just resonated and I play it, I play it all the time. It's like on my my top of my playlist. I play it all the time. Um yeah. so For younger musicians, younger than you, that are coming up and learning this music called jazz or uh, whatever, what kind of advice would you give to those people that want to um, have a career in this music called jazz and and want to uh, perform the arts? What kind of advice would you have for them? Um, it's important to have a vision and you need to focus on your vision. And of course, um, one thing that is important is the study of, of anything that you do, you know, whether it's like a different discipline, but just a sense of study is always important when you venture into something. And how do we get that sense of study is through the histories of whatever we want to venture into. So it's important for us to learn our history it's important for us to sort of like um, find a strong relationship with our masters that have done this thing before so that we are able to tap into it and move forward. So, so it's important to have a vision. It's important to study. It's important to know the histories of this music. So um, just have like maybe two more questions. One is what do you have coming up um, as far as, even even in at home in South Africa, any any gigs coming up or uh, any projects that you're working on? When can we expect another album from Lindas that came out? <laughs> okay, performance is coming up. Uh, there's a there's an important festival in South Africa called the Joy of Jazz, and it's coming back for the first time after the pandemic. So I think this is going to be a really special one. For the first time, I'm headlining at the festival. It's happening in on the 25th and 26th of November. So I'm happy to be a part of that. In October, I'll be in Brazil with the great Mr. Duduzo Makatini doing three concerts in Brazil. I might come to New York in December, um, on the 2nd of December. But as soon as I've confirmed everything, I'll just put everything on my website and, and my social media. But in terms of uh, new projects, well, I'm just waiting for the right time. You know, um, it's 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 not easy to tell right now because my main focus has been on Isambulo. But when, you know, when the music uh, emerges in my spirit, I'll just feel it and jump into it. So I don't have any new projects coming up at the moment, but I'm trying to. Um, find ways of getting on the road and presenting, you know, music from Isambul and my previous uh, albums. Okay. Well, yeah. please keep me abreast of your um, possible gig in New York because I definitely, number yeah. one, would love to get a chance to meet you and shake your hand. But uh, number likewise. two, I would like to just, you know, be absorbed by your music, you know what I mean? I can't wait to experience that in person. Um, yeah. 
love what I hear on the albums, but just to be able to be there live and, and watch you perform. So please keep me informed. I mean, I'll be checking your website and stuff like that periodically, but just shoot me an email and let me know <laughs> when it's confirmed and when you're going to yeah. be there. And, uh, you know, I definitely will come and support you, um, you know, in your performance. Um, so let everybody know what your website, your URL to your website is. Um, it's www.lindasikakane.com. Uh, okay. And I'll put yeah. that also on on my website and, you know, let people know where they can go and, and purchase some of your music from and support the artists. We got to support the artists, everybody. Yeah. We got to support the sure. artists. Um, so again, Linda, it was just amazing, amazing having you um, here with me and taking time out from your schedule. Um, and I might be, who knows, I might, because my friend just asked me the other day, when you come to South Africa? So who knows? I'll do the same. I'll keep you abreast. And if I do decide to uh, Please do that. come to South Africa, I'll make, I got to make sure you're around first. And then I'll, you know, come and see you Yeah, um, Most in definitely. South Africa. Because, yeah. um, you know, um, last year, my, my wife transitioned. And um, I've been taking the time, or trying to take the time. Actually, I'm going on my first vacation um, next year, uh, Lord willing, uh, in March of 2023. And it'll take up. I planned it sort of to be between me and my wife's birthday, which was in March. Um, so, but that's one thing that I plan on doing is a lot more. Travel, I always I'm so to sorry travel. to hear that. May may her soul rest in peace. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, um, you know, it's um, it's a new journey for me mm -hmm. and and our children. Um, because my wife and I, we were together for like um, thirty six years. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, it's it's new. It's new for me, and I'm still going through what I'm going through. But, um, you know, she's looking over us yeah. as we speak. You know what I mean? So yeah. she's still guiding, which was her thing. And she was into, like yourself, she was heavily into education. Um, so, um, you know, thank you for that. Thank you. I really appreciate you uh, saying those things. Um, but that's one thing that we were going to do because we were going to retire together. We were going to do a lot of traveling. So, you know, in her, you know, in her spirit and with her guidance, we're going to try to do a lot more traveling. And South Africa is definitely in the plan um, to come to South Africa. So I'll let you know that. And, uh, hopefully, I'll get a chance to see you perform there and New York. Wouldn't that be special? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, again, Linda, thank you so very much for taking time out from your schedule. Um, your coffee, I'm probably got a little cooler since you didn't take no sips. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't sip any of your coffee. 
me, man. You saw me a couple times. I grabbed my cup. I'm like, I better yeah. get it. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. You know, I really appreciate you taking the time out from your schedule. I wish you continued success in all of your endeavors. And I'll definitely um uh, keep in touch with you and um you know your artistry and support it as much as I can. Thank you so much. It's really an honor to be here, and thank you for the invitation. Um, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I hope you enjoyed yourself as I did, because I really had a good time. Yeah. And, no, I know, had a good time. I had a good time. I don't, and I told you it was going to be a little different than normal, didn't I see you? Well, I thought we were still going for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, once, you, once we get in the flow, it's like we're talking about everything, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, it was a pleasure, and and I'll get a chance to speak to you again real soon. Okay. All right, ladies thank and so gentlemen, much. thank you for joining us here at Spotlight Conversations, and we had the wonderful, wonderful saxophonist and composer Linda Sikakani from South Africa. And again, peace and blessings to you. Blessings to you, brother.